This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Sometimes in our lives, there are mountains, tombs, droughts, that no man, no pill, no book, no thrilling human experience will ever be able to move, to quake, or to drench. There are things in our life that only God can touch, can move or heal by His Holy Spirit. Okay? That's what, that's what my faith is for us this morning, that, that God will come and do something in each and every one of our hearts that only He can do. We really need the Holy Spirit. Amen? Awesome. Now, a few, few years ago, I was absolutely fed up with specific sin in my life, okay? I'd been in and out of these cycles of sin. I knew all the do's and all the don'ts, but somehow every now and then I would get caught up and stumble again. I don't know if any one of you can relate with that. Maybe it's just me. But I'd been a Christian for quite some years at, at that time, so that make this, made the shame even worse. And, and in desperation, I cried out to God, Remember, like, like I always say, it's better to learn from someone else's mistakes than, than learn it for yourself on a hard and painful way, okay? So, hopefully, if you, if you can learn something from my mistakes this morning, it, it will be blessed, okay? So, I was, I was really fed up being stuck in this place, and I just didn't understand why do I always get caught off God and, and stumble again. So, I, I cried out to God. Why am I still struggling with this? And God in, um, answered me in a simple, straightforward, powerful way, in, in, in the way that only He can answer. You don't know who you are. Maybe, maybe you've got that, that's, that sin that just keeps on haunting you. Every now and then you stumble again. You get caught up in it again. And, and you've learned all the principles to apply, all the right things to do, all the, the ways to safeguard it. You've got up the beams, you've got up the electric fencing, you've got everything. But every now and then, somehow, that sin um, gets a hold of you. Maybe it's not about all the things that you do right. It's about knowing who you are. So straight after Jesus was affirmed by the, by the Father at His baptism, when the voice out of heaven spoke, You are my beloved Son, and I am well pleased with you. Right after that, He was led into the desert, where He was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And it's so classic for me, that it says, And then He was hungry. But anyway, when He was at that weak place, the, the enemy came right after He was affirmed as the Son of God. The enemy came to tempt him. And you can go and look there in Matthew 4. It, some of the first words that the enemy used was this striking question. It might sound familiar um, to where he got busy with Adam and Eve. Did God really say? Did God really say? Is God really faithful? And what, what the enemy asked Jesus when he started with his um, time of tempting him, he said, If you are God's son. Even Jesus was, was, was challenged in his identity, in, in, his, in his acceptance, in his affirmation as a son of God. 
Knowing who we are in God is a life-changing revelation. And the enemy knows that. And he'll do anything in order to prevent us from walking in our God-given identity. So this morning, we will look a bit at who we are and how we relate to our Father. Okay? It's quite profound that it's Father's Day today. I didn't even think about that when I was preparing this morning. But maybe, maybe grasp something about the Father's heart also this morning. So I want to start with the interesting background scripture this morning. And I was just telling Rihanna last night, as we were talking about, as we had the series about God's Word a while ago, how when I get into the Word, I always get surprised. I, I might think, yo, I've read a bit of Bible, you know. And then I get, and I read a story that I'm like, I've never, I've never seen this before. Or I read a scripture and it's just alive again. It's amazing. Anyway, look at this story. I don't know how many of you have read this, but... This, quite, this was quite interesting to me. So in Deuteronomy 21, 15 to 21. Okay. This, this was Old Covenant, remember? Okay. If a man has two wives, one loved and the other unloved. Hectic, ne? Just imagine they had to make days of our lives soapies in those days. <laughs> anyway. And they have borne him children, both the loved and the unloved. And if the firstborn son... The firstborn son, take note, the firstborn son is of her who is unloved. Then it shall be on the day that he bequeaths his possessions to his son that he must not bestow firstborn status on the loved wife um, in preference to the son of the unloved, the true firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the son of the unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has, for he is the beginning of his strength, the right of the firstborn is his. Okay? So what we can see, what we can take from this, that God is serious about inheritance. Okay? As we see here, how he clearly instructed that the inheritance must go to the firstborn. God is serious about inheritance. Okay? Now listen to this next part. God is also serious about rebellion. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother and who, when they have chastened him, will not heed them. This is hectic, guys. Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city, to the gate of the city. And they shall say to the elders of, this city, of his city, the son this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death with stones. So shall you put away the evil from among you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. Who of you have read that story? That's hectic. God is serious about inheritance and God is serious about rebellion. Okay? Now, this was the background law the calloused Pharisees related to. Okay? We're going somewhere with this. But this was the background the Pharisees built their religion on. Okay? But thanks be to God our Father that He sent His Son Jesus to bring the good news of the new covenant. Okay? 
Whom are you are glad that if we struggle with a little bit of rebellion, we don't get taken out of the city to, to, to be stoned, okay? Thank God for the, God, the good news of the gospel. Now, in a way, it was religion that sent Jesus to the cross. God is also serious about religion, okay? So see how in this next passage, um, Jesus shared a parable and and how he longs to liberate us from religion. God is serious about inheritance. God is serious about rebellion. God is serious about religion. Okay. Like I said, that law of stoning the son, um, if it was rebellious, that was the background um, the, the tax collectors built their religion on. Okay. Now in Luke 15, we see, Luke 15 verse 1. Now the tax collectors um, and now the tax collectors and notorious and especially wicked sinners were all coming near to Jesus to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes kept muttering and indignantly complaining, saying, This man accepts and receives and welcomes preeminently wicked sinners, sinners and eats with them. So Jesus wanted to show them a radical new way of relating to children to the lost, and to the father. So he shared the par parable of the prodigal son. Okay, We will see how this contrasts with, with what we just saw in um, Deuteronomy. So he shared the, prodigal, the parable of the prodigal son, which today I would like to call the parable of the, fathers, the father and the sons. Okay, So today we're going to be looking at two sons and three rela relationships with the father. Okay. We're going to start off again in, in verse 11 with the rebellious son. Okay. Then he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possession with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Okay, let's just stop there for a moment. Now this son... He was a son in the house, okay? He was not a foreigner, nor was he a slave. He knew his father well enough to go up to him and boldly ask for something. He, as the younger son, was not even entitled to. Okay, so what, what is being implied here, that sometimes it might be that we, it, 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 he might be talking to a person here that already knows God, okay? And, 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 the one thing that we can commend this younger son on was his eagerness to obtain his inheritance, okay? So he, had one, he got one thing right. He, he had that eagerness to take hold of the inheritance that was his um, from his father. And as we see, this father had a gracious and a generous heart, and he broke the old covenant tradition of blessing the eldest son, Okay? God our Father 
cannot be boxed in by our traditional thinking. Okay? Yeah, Jesus comes with this parable and he just breaks traditional strongholds um, that the Pharisees were used to, used to. Okay. So this this was a this was a good a good approach that this younger son had. However, how often do we go to our father merely asking for things that will instantly gratify us? We can even, it, this is not necessarily, like I said, it's not someone who's unsaved or lost. It's, some, it's, it's someone that already knows God. How often do we go to God merely asking Him for things that instantly gratify us? If this is how we relate to God, we will easily be disappointed by unfavorable, unfavorable circumstances and become angry and even rebellious towards God if we don't get what we want. Listen to this. If we merely seek, if we merely seek our Father's hands and what He can give and do for us, we will remain shallow with our greedy wants and needs. But when we seek His heart, we will be ever satisfied by the depths of His truth and love. Amen. The last thing that we can take from, from this religious son, and a question I want to um, pose to you guys this morning. If we end up in a desperate place, okay, if we have really messed up, like this son who knew his father, who took all of his inheritance, but if we then, as believers, really mess up, do we first run off to, to strangers and citizens of a far-off country to try and help us? Or do we readily run to our Father? So let's look at what the righteous son did. Okay? So we start off again in verse 17. But when he, when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. Listen to this part. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Now true sonship can only start with honest, humble repentance. Versus just taking just taking and asking and always being greedy from what we can receive from God. We as sons need to approach our father with hearts that are ready to serve us. Okay? This, this son really came to a place where he was rock bottom. And he realized he had sinned. He had repented. And his heart had changed from, from just being selfish to, to, to being wanting to be a servant. Okay? Jesus is our perfect example as he, as, as he said in the gospel. I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. Okay? 
and looking at the way that the father received the son back, compare that to, to the manner of parenting depicted in the Deuteronomy. Okay? This was radical for the Pharisees and the Jews of that time. Okay? But we today, we've got the privilege of living in the new covenant. All right? Amen. Are you still with me? You're still with me? You're not dozing off because of the heat. All right. Okay, verse 22. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. So I want us to take a look here and just stop again. At these specific symbols, these tokens, I, wanna, I want us to just be reminded of what, what, do these symbol, what, what do these tokens that were given to the sun symbolize. Okay? So the robe symbolizes identity. In those times, a specific robe that you wore, people could say, okay, this, is, this man is walking in that status and this man is walking according to that status. So the robe spoke of identity, right? And also, it's, it's such a beautiful picture of how he was covered by this robe, right? So that he no longer needs to walk in shame. We no longer need to walk in shame. We are accepted by the Father through the blood of Christ that covers us as a robe. Amen? The ring symbolized authority. Okay? It's like when, when, they, when they wrote the letter and, and they, they, it was almost like, a, you know, like the, a signet ring that they would stamp it with it so that someone would know this isn't a false letter. This is truly um, this person that wrote this letter to me. And, and that, that carried authority. That, that, that meant that letter carried authority because they, they could see the stamp of the ring. Okay? So this authority for us today is Christ in us who empowers us to walk in spiritual authority and lastly the sandals I like this picture because with sandals which were their shoes of those days for us shoes means we are going somewhere amen it means we, we are sent forth in a destiny according to the purposes of God amen okay the Father receives each, each, each and every one of us with these symbols today. He wants us to know that we are welcome to feast with Him in abundance. Okay? The fatted calf. They began to be merry. He wants us to know that we are welcome to feast with Him. But these tokens also will be of no good if they merely remain amount around the dining table, okay? I'll speak a little bit more on this a bit later. Let's take a look at the religious son. Are you still with me? Am I going to, to fast? You're right. Okay, I see some moving heads that are not catching fish, so you're moving in the right direction. Okay. Verse 25. Now his oldest son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these, what these things meant. 
And he said to him, Your brother has come. And because he was, has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father, this is profound once again, therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. Is, that, is our father pleading with you this morning? How are we responding? This is how the religious son responded. He, said, he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Religion, going through the motions, might bring you close but it won't bring you into the fullness of our Father's heart. It will never go all the way. As we sang this morning, the veil is torn. Religion will only take you to the, door, to the doorpost. It will not take you beyond. Religion might soothe your soul for a while, making you feel self-righteous. We could see here how this religious son, he was boasting in his own righteousness. All these many years, I've been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment. The word says, all have sinned, all have fallen short. Okay? We can't come to God and rely on any of our own righteousness. Okay? Religion might soothe your soul for a while by making you feel self-righteous. However, due to a wrong understanding of the Father's heart, sooner or later... You might end up so disappointed. Religion will disappoint you. This world is so disappointed with religion. You know? I just glanced over an article yesterday again about a lot of scandals in, 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 a, in a big church, a traditional church, um, international church. And, and you realize that that's the only picture that the world gets because it's like an ancient famous church. And that's the picture that the world has in church. And they, but they get stuck there. That's the only picture they get of, of that kind of religion. Sooner or later, with religion, you might end up so disappointed that you rebel yourself right into a spiritual pigsty. And I think that's a, something that we also often see in the world. People try religion or people look at what the, 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 the outside of religion looks like to them. And, and after a while, they just realize this, this is useless. And they end up rebelling out of that place of disappointment. Religion will disappoint us. The Father won't. As born-again believers, we can also be religious. We can strive in our flesh trying to work for our God, work for our God, rather than with our God. 
serving him because we need to not because you want to i don't know about you but sometimes honestly i realize i, I end up at that place where uh, okay i need to spend time with god now because it's the right thing to do or i need to go to church because you know that's the responsibility that's been given to me that's a, that's a place we always need to check ourselves you know because if if we are serving or seeking god because we have to not because we want to we are missing something it's not a, a condemning word this morning. It's it's encouraging word. If we are walking in that religious son mindset, we are missing something, you know? And it's as easy as running back to the Father. He will receive us back. Amen? So this is a beautiful parable, okay? This is one of my favorite parables. And, I mean, there's so much depth in this, and there's so much symbolism, and there's so many angles that we can take on, on this and we can um, as an expository study we can dig into it so much deeper okay these are just a few focus points that, that I wanted to share with us this morning but so it's a beautiful parable but how can we become children of God okay maybe maybe you realize yeah yeah you know I've been out in the field I've really been working hard I've been you know, breaking a lot of sweat for the kingdom, or, or maybe honestly, you know, I've only been in that selfish, greedy relationship with God where I just want things from Him, and honestly, I'm, I'm in some foreign country in a smelly pig's time, okay? How do we become children of God this morning? How, how, because we're not necessarily going to run up back to a, a physical house this morning. How are we going to run back to the Father in the Spirit this morning? It's a simple as faith itself. Galatians 3 verses 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's always so beautiful for me that it's not your theological um, knowledge. It's not according to your cultural background, your socioeconomic status, um, your education, it's nothing like that, that that gets us in with the Father. It's faith, okay? Through faith in Christ Jesus, we are all sons of God. John 1 verses 12 to 13. He said it's by faith. Here's a, another way that Jesus himself put it. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, Listen to this. Listen if this rings a bell. He gave the authority, the power, privilege, right to become the children of God. That is to those who believe in His name. Who owe their birth neither to bloods nor to the will of the flesh, that of physical impulse, nor to the will of man, that of a natural father, but to God. They are born of God. I want to remind you this morning, you are not merely the product of someone else's mistakes. Neither are you, are you even the product of someone else's life purpose or life goals. Oh, yes, we want children and now you are here today. No. You breathe today. You breathe today because God intended it. And when, you, when we accept the Lord by faith, we obtain that right of being a child of the Most High God. 
We, 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 we walk into that authority, that identity, that destiny that we have as the children of God. Amen. Hallelujah. This is good news. Huh? So glad I didn't get stoned somewhere along the way. For me, always one of the most profound parts in the story of the parable of, of the prodigal son is, is the response of the father. I always see this picture of the father on the, on the veranda. I don't know if they had verandas in those times, but I just see this, this like farmhouse and, and the father somewhere, sometime during the day, just walking around on the veranda, waiting for that son to come home. Just waiting, just waiting, hoping maybe today. And then when he sees in the distance, he sees this, this son that is really messed up, that has actually really broken his heart, taken a lot of his livelihood, taken it. He's still waiting. And when he sees that son in the distance, he doesn't go, okay, now, yes, now I've got this long speech that I've had for this guy. I've been waiting. No. He was longing for his son to come back. And I just see this picture of him and then one day he sees him and he starts running towards him. And, and it's like this and he's ready to give him the robe, the ring and the sandals. We are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Christ has bought us this right. That father that's waiting on that veranda for us today, that father sent Jesus, his only son, to the cross. It's the father that sent Jesus to the cross. In Mark 14, we read again where, where Jesus was praying in Gethsemane, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. He was crying out to his father. He was the son of God, but he was also the son of man, which, mean, which means he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And in this place, his, his, his humanity was really in a tough place tough tough place he was sweating blood take this cup away from me but he as a son had that ultimate servant heart nevertheless not what i will but what you will in mark 15 he's crying out to the father my god my god why have you forsaken me? The Father sent Jesus to the cross. Jesus was sent to earth as the royal son of God. Royalty like we can never imagine. He was sent to earth as the royal son of God. But Christ humbled himself to a servant son when he died on the cross. And when Jesus finally said, it is done, he purchased our unshakable sonship that we might never be forsaken 
as God's sons and daughters. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When he said it is, it is, it is done, he brought us that unshakable sonship that we might never be forsaken. I want to end off with these last two scriptures. Galatians 4, verse 4 to 7, and Ephesians 1, 5 and 11. Remember, I said it, the Father said, sent the Son to the cross. Here scripture affirms this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, the law by which you would have been stoned if you were rebellious. To redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because God, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, listen closely, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Listen to this. According to the good pleasure of his will. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined. Listen to that. Does it ring a bell? Predestined according to the purpose of him who walks all things according to the counsel of his will. Now, sonship is a position in the spirit. Something that we walk into. First, we had the son that ran away. Then we had the son that stayed in the field. And then we had the son who came home. Which son are you today? Has disobedience or maybe even disappointment led you to the pigsty? Sometimes we end up in that place and we still try to escape in rebellious sin. Sin is always a dead end. Maybe you've realized your rebellion, but now shame is driving you to somehow win back the heart of the Father. From that place, you relentlessly strive to serve Him like the distant religious son. You know, I don't know, maybe in your heart this morning you echo those words. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Has religion made you distrust the father, expecting only a skinny goat? You know, God will do this for that person and for that person, but for me, he'll only give a skinny goat. Or maybe religion has made us so calloused that we can't long for nor rejoice in the salvation of another child of God. The religious son didn't rejoice at all when his dead, dead brother came back. Are you striving with all your strength to please the Father and yet still lack that feast of abundant life that we can inherit in Christ? Have you ever accepted that identity, that authority, that destiny 
that we have in Christ that are symbolized by the robe, the ring, and the sandals. Maybe this morning you know that you are righteous and you know that you accept it. You know you have authority, identity, and, and a destiny. But you have forgotten that the Father has given you these things to walk in His purpose and good works in these days. Remember, I said I'll talk about that a bit later. We can't receive these things and just remain at the dining table. We will always, always be welcome to feast and rest at His table and to build up our strength as we spend time with Him. You know, as we were talking about it earlier this year, to spend time at the altar, but also to go out to the porch. Okay? You will, we will always, always be welcome to feast and rest at His table. But He also wants to send us out as righteous sons. As righteous sons and as righteous daughters. He wants to send us out into the world according to His destiny for us. How do you relate to our Father today? Do you know? Do you know? Have you grasped in your spirit the love that the Father has for you? When you stumble, do you immediately run to Him? Or does shame still keep you away? Are you proud of the work that you do for Him, but find yourself reluctant to enter into His presence where you find pleasures forevermore? Can you from your heart freely cry out, Abba, Father? just want us to stand this morning together as we pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you, Lord God, that your word says, Lord, your mercy, your loving kindness, your love endures forever, Lord. Father, we thank you that there's nothing new under the sun for you. You have seen it all. You have seen us rebel in our lives. You've seen us trying to be religious, striving to please you. We thank you, Christ Jesus, that you've bought us our righteousness. You have bought us the right to approach a holy, consuming fire God in a way that we can call Him Father. We come and thank you, Father, this morning. Oh God, you look right into each and every one of our hearts this morning. And we come and thank you, Lord God, that this parable, this story, this, this story with so much symbolism and richness, we thank you, Lord God, that you are still that Father today that is waiting for us. Whether we are rebellious, whether we are striving in religion, you are waiting for us to come in, Lord, to come in and to 
feast with you, Lord God. Not to spend time with you because it's the right thing to do, because it's part of surviving spiritually, Lord God. Because, Lord God, we, we come in because we want to enjoy your presence, Lord God. That is the inheritance, the portion you have for us, Lord. Thank you, Father, that that, that heart that you heart that you had in that parable is still the same today for each and every one of us, Lord. Come and thank you, Lord God, that you are always the same. Yesterday, today, and forevermore. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share. Sing.